With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If you're not one of our Patreon members paying a paltry £1.60 a month, this is the sort of thing you're missing. 42 years ago on this very day, Conan Lee became the only Spurs debutee in history to score four goals. What did that feel like? We ask him here. To get more Spurs show every day, give our Patreon a try at patreon.com slash Spurs show. If you don't like daily Spurs show news and interviews, cancel immediately and we'll refund your $1.99. Now, on with the show. Right, we're now joined by, uh, well, a man who will forever be in the history books of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, the first and still the only player ever to score four goals on his debut. We're joined now by Colin Lee. How are you, Colin? I'm very good, thank you, Mike. Lovely. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Spurs show. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's uh, good to hear from uh, Spurs <laughs> for a, a long time, actually. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, obviously talk about what happened and uh, my experience there was, was fantastic, yes, to be fair. absolutely. It certainly was. Now, before Spurs, I mean, you were actually playing in the fourth division for uh, Torquay United under the famous uh, manager Franco Fowle. What, what, was, what was he like as a manager? Well, Frank was basically, he was sort of retiring out of it slightly. Right. Um, and um, he was mentoring a, a young manager called Mike Green, who was an ex-player uh, for Torquay United. Um, so um, Frank did uh, a lot of the um, signings. Uh, it was him that I spoke to, me and my father. And um, uh, Mike really organized the training programs, etc. You know, so uh, Frank was still there as the manager, but he was like mentoring right. Mike uh, through. So, yeah, we, we, we uh, got on really well. Mm. Um, I still see Frank every so often now. Oh, really? Know, oh, how lovely. 19. Yeah, I was about to say how Yeah, he still lives wow. in Torquay, him and his wife. Um, Amazing. So, um, and when I went back to Torquay a few years ago as the chief executive, the... Yeah. You know, Frank was a person I seen most weeks because I, I invited him to most games. So, oh, uh, you know, yeah, he's a, he's a lovely guy and uh, still still very passionate about football. 
Oh, that's amazing. Now, Spurs, obviously, at the time, were in the second division. Um, and after a strong start, started to drop points. I think it was to Hull and Charlton. Um, and then they had injury problems. Mm. There was John Duncan, uh, Chris Jones, who were getting injuries. When did you know that Spurs were looking at you? How did the approach come along? Uh, well, I went in for training on a, I think it was a, a Thursday morning. Um, could have been a f- Wednesday, actually, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. But anyway, we went into training as usual. Mm. And um, the uh, one of the trainers, Mike Hickman, uh, who did a lot of work with me as a player, he said, oh, uh, the manager um, wants to see you. Uh, you're not to train this morning. And I thought, you know, <laughs> what have I done wrong? <laughs> uh, so uh, I sort of sat in the change room and, and uh, everyone disappeared. And I, I, didn't know, I didn't have a clue what was going on, you know. So, uh, um, and then Mike came back and said, look, you know, um, as far as I'm aware, there's a, a couple of uh, clubs interested in you. Um, and the manager wants to discuss that with you, and I thought, well, you know, fantastic. You know, I didn't anticipate it being Spurs, and the other club was Nottingham Forest right. at the time. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, I went to see the manager, and uh, he, uh, Frank, said to me that they'd agreed to deal with Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were going to accept the highest bid, mm-hmm. uh, and Tottenham's were the highest bid. So, uh, so that was that. And he said, look, make your way home. Yeah. Um, my wife was 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 at home and uh, uh, basically uh, pregnant with my daughter. Oh wow! Um, and uh, I went in and said to the wife, "She said, what are you doing home?'" I said, "Well, <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to sign for Tottenham Hotspur." She wow. went, "No, no, what are you doing at home?" <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, then the the uh, the the, the, the the most, uh, what can I say, um, uh, proud moment really in that sort of, in that period of, of, of sort of uh, finding out I was going. Mm. And then I received a phone call to be told that um, Bill Nicholson was picking me up from uh, Paddington Station. Wow, amazing. And that was like, you know, just an amazing feeling that, you know, such a great guy was, yeah. was actually picking me up and taxing me. To yeah, them, you know? that's amazing. Uh, and, yeah, and that's what happened, you know. So, uh, you know, and it was it was brilliant to to meet uh, uh, Mr. Nicholson, who um, just really just talked me through the whole thing. You know, he yeah. was such a calming influence. Because I mean, because um, what people forget is that a you were only twenty one, you know, which is yeah. you know, you know, young, and also it was it was it, young, it was yeah. young at that time. It now, was young now at that it time. Seems getting younger yeah absolutely yeah. and and yeah. also it was such a whirlwind few days i mean i'm sure you didn't expect to go straight into the side but literally two days later they mm. are running out on the white Hart Lane pitch yeah it was it was uh, bizarre really because uh you mentioned john duncan you mentioned uh chris jones but also jerry armstrong was injured right. as well um so the only two left really were myself and ian moores mm. and um, to be honest, I was I was slightly injured in that game. Oh, were before you really? That game, I never knew that. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I had a, an Achilles tendonitis, right. which uh, flared up every so often. And um, at one stage, it was questionable whether they were going to sign me because of oh, that injury. Wow. Oh, um, uh, but it went through, and uh, obviously, it went through. And, uh, and then I was <laughs> basically I was uh, staying in a hotel at Ware. Right. And it was close to where John Duncan lived. And 
to be fair, John John came to see me and invited me to his house on the evening, mm-hmm. um, and I met him and his wife. Um, and uh, I think they had a young daughter then. I'm not sure, but I think that was how it was. Anyway, we, we ended up playing cards, and I think it was John's way of taking the the pressure off me. I mean, he did it. it was, John Duncan is still is a really good friend of mine, and I, right. I see him every so often because he works yeah. for the uh, LMA, LMA, you know, yeah. and I see him. Yeah. yeah, I've seen him a few weeks back, actually. And funny enough, his daughter actually lives down near me, down oh, in uh, Kingsbridge, near Torquay. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, um, we had an evening there, and John was they were very competitive. He, uh, him and his wife in the cards, and we had a good evening, good laugh. And he said, oh, would you like a glass of wine? I went, no, no, no. He said, oh, you, you've got to have one. We're having one. And it, I think it was his way of just calm, you know, mm. re- sort of realizing that, obviously, it was a huge step for me, yeah. and how could he help? And uh, being a very intelligent guy, um, you know, he, he I must say that he, he helped me massively uh, through that uh, night before, if you like. And yeah. then he arranged for Don McAllister to pick me up from the hotel the following day and take me to the, to the stadium, you know. And uh, um, and Don did that. We went through and, you know, he, he uh, sort of didn't talk too much about the games or stuff like that, but um, but he, he he was my taxi in and out of right. uh, Tottenham that particular day. So yeah. I mean, the amazing thing about the game, obviously, <coughs> as I mentioned at the top there, you're the first and still the last player in the club's history to score four in the day. But I think Jimmy Greaves scored a hat-trick on his debut against uh, yeah. Blackpool in the, obviously the early 60s. And the other great thing about it is it was a Division Two game, and yet, because obviously in those days, not as much now, is, is, is televised. It was on Match of the Day. You can still watch the game on YouTube. I, I checked yesterday. It's got like over 70,000 hits on it. Um, yeah. And that's the lovely thing about that. You've still got this lovely visual history of that game. How, how Admit it now. How many times have you gone back and watched that on YouTube? Um, I've watched it uh, a, a few times, yeah. to be fair. Um, and... Um, my daughter every so often plays at the people yeah, and embarrasses me at times with the right. hairstyle. But, yeah. uh, but <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, going on, I mean, to be honest, the other thing, um, a few, uh, another little story, as I went in the changing room um, prior to the game, you know, it's all sort of laid out mm-hmm. and the the white shirts of Tottenham hit you in the face. You know, it's just, just a, a fantastic feeling, you know. And uh, and Peter Taylor, who... who um, was in the team, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Peter was like, um, like the Joker in the changing room. Yeah. Believe it or not, and Peter was a fantastic. But he he, he came over and he said, "Oh, uh, I'm Peter Taylor, pleased to meet you." And, he, and I shook his hand. and He had a false thumb, and, <laughs> 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 and it was Peter's. And if you know Peter, that is Peter. You know I mean? well, he's on. So, enough, he's on our show next month. Fine enough in London. Oh Peter's right, Peter's coming okay. down well, bizarrely. Yeah. So I'll certainly yeah, ask him about uh, that but, and his, his his Norman wisdom impressions, which were obviously oh his Norman wisdom, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a a, a regular thing, yeah. and uh, and don't forget, obviously, it was it was quite a young team, really, with it the was, likes of Potter, what team. nineteen then, and yeah. McNabb in midfield, and mm. um, you know your Terry Naylor's, your your, your uh, Peter Taylor's, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, it was a fantastic team. Where Steve Perriman was 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 younger then, and Steve uh, actually lives near me here as well. Right. So, um, but um, yeah, it was. I mean, going out in that game was was obviously something I'd never experienced. But I tried to 
mentally uh, block that out, mm. you know. And um, I can remember in the changing room, uh, Keith Birkenshaw, who Keith Birkenshaw was actually away. That's and, right. And, uh, yes. Uh, was a, yeah. Away you know, was, it wasn't yeah. Keith Birkenshaw. It was actually uh, Peter Shreve, yeah. I should say. Um, and they had a centre half, um, Taylor, I think it was, a mm. uh, big guy in that. And uh, he said, to, said uh, uh, they were going through the markings at corners. And I said, well, I'll pick him up. And I can remember this day, Steve Perman has, has often said that as soon as I put myself up for that, he knew that that was, that was, that was uh, you know, I, I was able to handle the situation, you know what I mean? So, um, but it was nothing unusual for me, you know, that's what yeah. I did anyway. But, yeah. but playing at a higher level, you know, uh, you'd think that, I would sit in the background, yeah, be quiet. but that wasn't, first game. that wasn't to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, so. the, the first goal was a kind of, I suppose, Linaresque, <laughs> Linaresque sort of uh, poacher's goal in the box. Um, do, do, yeah. do you remember all the goals vividly now, or is it you re- know, forty I, years? I, re- old? I remember. Yeah, I remember the the uh, the two the, the header from the from yeah. the corner. It was a great header. Um, the second I remember goal. that great one. Header. Yeah. yeah, and that was something that I worked on. Um, I, I worked on with the guy I mentioned earlier, Mike Hickman. Uh, when when all the players at Torquay went home, um, more or less every every lunchtime, I used to stay behind with Mike and uh, do extra training. And right. Most of that training was based around what they call plyometric work. Now, which we had at that time, it was benches where we jumped and we did certain you know weights jumping, and then we went on. Believe it or not, we went on the terracing down at Torquay, uh, down the far end, which has got a small covered area now, but that was all open. And there was this sort of bar that we, that was bent over and we fixed a ball up to it with a, with a rope, like a string on it. Mm. And I used that as, uh, as timing of headers right. and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, worked really, really hard for, for, for the four to six months before I left. Um, and, and that was my way of, of becoming a better player, mm. timing, jumping, heading, and uh, I improved my standing jump by uh, getting on for nearly nine inches by working with him. Really? Incredible. So, yeah, wow. so, so I put it down to extra work, really, um, yeah. that goal. And also the, I think it was the, the final goal where there was a bit of a scramble and it popped up in the air. That and I was able to jump higher. That, that was the third yeah, goal. I, yeah. yeah, that was the third yeah, goal. I was able yeah, to, back post. Yeah, I, yeah I, yeah, I was able to jump higher yeah, than the person who was marking me, and yeah. I put it down to that. Yeah, to it, was, that training, it was a standing you know, jump. Uh, I remember it was standing jump. That's right. You just had yeah. to get up and get it in. Um, I, actually, I always, yeah, I always right. felt yeah. sorry. For, <laughs> I always felt sorry that game. Ian Moores, who was a player that never kind of got going at Tottenham, we got him from Stoke, and obviously he got through that day. Yeah, but yet it's, ne- yeah. it's never talked about because of what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Ian. Uh, you know, obviously Ian's not with us anymore. Oh, and, right. You know, it, you know, uh, he was, he was a, a really like player in and around the change room area, mm. you know, and, uh, probably, um, as you just said in that game, deserved a lot of credit. You know, again, he, he worked up front with me. Um, we didn't know each other. Um, Ian was quite a, a laid back person. You know, mm. he wasn't, um, a loud person in the change room. He was laid back. He, he, he more or less got on with his job. It's as simple as that, you know? Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. It was, it was me taking away his, his chance of a bit of glory. Um, <laughs> I, I took the match ball and he took another ball, oh, which really? I suppose that's the only way they could do it. You know, yeah. there was no other way really. I mean, it was a ball we played with, yeah. but it was, it, it, it was, it, you know, it wasn't 
the match ball, if you like. And, uh, um, but it was no, you know, he wanted me to have that ball. There was no sort of, um, discussion really. It was, it was agreed straight away, yeah. you know? So, um, but yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he, he just, he was, like I say, he was, he was a laid back person who just, just did his job and was liked in the change yeah. room and, um, probably didn't get the chances that maybe one or two of the others got, you know, um, for what reason, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Those, uh, I mean, those goals you got that season were absolutely key in getting us back up that season. Um, mm. I remember there was two against Blackburn, two against Stoke, yeah. really crucial games away at Millwall and Notts County. Do, yeah. do you still remember any of those? I don't remember the goals. I remember the Blackburn yeah. game, yeah, because I, rem- I remember... Um, well, actually, in the Bristol Rovers game, Bobby Gould was on the opposite right. side, and yeah. Bobby came up to me afterwards. Um, and in the Blackburn game, um, I think I'm right in saying that um, Gordon Taylor was playing for Blackburn. Right. Uh, and uh, he he was one that stuck in my mind, really. Um, I'm pretty sure he played in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe that's the reason why I remember that game. Um, I remember scoring the two goals. I was still sort of... Um, because I, I couldn't play in, in the other... I was injured after the, the uh, Bristol Rovers game. Yes, um, right, yes. And, yeah, and that was that Achilles tendonitis flared up massively mm-hmm. after that. So um, so I was out, and then the Blackburn game brought me back into it again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I remember that game. I don't remember the other two games. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you missed... You missed the- the sort of because we had a little bit of a blip near the end of the season. You missed the last two crucial games when we needed three yeah. points to go up against Hull at home and obviously Southampton away. Did, did you attend yeah, those so games? Fantastic. Were you part of the dressing room? Yeah, I room? did. Yeah, I mean that. that, that I mean, yeah, that, I did. Yeah, that, 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 those two games were, were, were crazy. I mean, I still remember them like they were yesterday. Uh, Hull had already already been relegated, and we had a bit mm. of a disputed goal. And I remember Perriman sort of just kicked the ball out of the goalie's hands and the ref had to allow it because it would have been lynched by the fans, I think. And then obviously Southampton, we had to get, get a point. Mm. Um, it must have been incredible for you to go, because, I mean, again, you joined late that season. You didn't join begin the season. Yeah. To go from Division yeah. 2, it, Division 2, and now you're playing in the top flight. I mean, that must have been unbelievable. Yeah, and I think the 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 attitude, which was, was a... a, a Attitude's probably not the right word, but the the understanding uh, as Tottenham as, as, as being such a big club um, mm. and uh, obviously a top top club in in uh, in, in the uh, top divisions for so long, and now we were in that division, and um, for the first time in the whole of my career, um, we. Um, had a meeting on a Monday morning. Mm. Um, and if we drew away from home, it was looked upon as being a disaster. Right. We were, we were expected like a, a, a Manchester city now, a Manchester United, a, a Tottenham now. And you, you, that we were expected to win every single game. Mm. And there was no, there was no, I'd never experienced that before. Cause if we got a, a point away from home, we talk United, everyone was jumping over the moon, you know? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but this was a completely different, um, target, if you like, yeah. uh, which I wasn't, I, I'd never experienced before. And we used to go in and, and have the meeting and, uh, I think we had bottles of milk then. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we did. And, um, we sit there and, and, uh, it, it was sort of, there was no sort of, there was a, um, 
an, 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 an analyzing of the game, mm. but that was done through, obviously we didn't have any technical stuff then. It was just yeah. done through visual really. And, and, uh, what they could get from, uh, from, from, from video or whatever, you know, mm. um, but the the that was most Monday mornings, if not every Monday morning. And as I say, it was looked upon as, as, as not being good enough for Tottenham if we drew away from home. The particular game, Hull, which you, you referred yes. to, I mean, we absolutely annihilated him and couldn't couldn't score That's really. Right. And um, um, and I remember after that game that uh, Keith Birkenshaw came in, and I'm pretty sure it was this game. He said, "Well, we've blown it." <laughs> you've blown it, lads. It's all over. You've blown it. And didn't stay in the change room and walked out. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is strange, right? And then Steve Perman, being the leader he is, uh, uh, was and still is, <laughs> um, he, he he got us, stood up and, and uh, went, you know, got us sort of, I know he said something and got us together. And it was more or less like... Um, we'll show him sort of thing, that type of attitude. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was what, you know, was instilled in that change room because really and truthfully he should have walked that league, you know, with the, yes. with the team we had and, and the way that we played at times. Um, it was just that, that sticky period for some reason, things didn't quite happen for us and it let the others in, if you yes, like, you right. know, and, and, uh, and I can remember that. And, uh, whether that was a um, done on purpose, really, bit of psychology. Yeah, it Who might knows? be. It might be psychology. You know, it might have been, um, but I don't know. Uh, and then when we went to Southampton, I mean, I know you must have been nervous, yes. but I was nervous. <laughs> I was sat in the stand. I can't remember. There were two or three of us sat in the stand, yeah. and they hit the post. That's right, Tony Funnel. Yeah, Tony Funnel hit the post. That's right. Yeah, and it was so nerve wracking, yeah. and and it was like. It was probably one of the longest yes, games I've ever watched in my life. You know it what I mean? Was. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and it was just—I um, I think it would have been tragic if 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 Tottenham had gone up because we were by far on our day the easiest, the best team by a mile in that league. You know, and it was—it was just that, as, you, as we've said, that sort of that period of not being able to put the ball in the back of the net. And yeah. uh, as we all know, you can you can play great football, but if you don't if you don't put it in the net. Well, it doesn't count. Well, you know, well, going, so. going up really kind of changed the history of the club because obviously what then happened in the pre-season, uh, we were front page news, a bit like the JFK moment for Spurs fans. Where were you yeah. when you had the news when Ozzy and Ricky signed? And that obviously yeah. spurred on seasons on in the FA Cup and UEFA Cup. So, I mean, it was so key going up that season. What do you remember about, where were you when you just saw that you just signed two World Cup stars and they're going to be playing with you. Uh, we were we were away actually. We were oh, okay. abroad. Um, yeah, I think we were. We, Norway, I think we might have been in Norway. Norway yeah, yeah, Norway. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure we were. Yeah, and uh, we'd signed. And we obviously came on the news that the, the two guys had signed, and um, then they came in for their first training session. They met us over there, and um, they were obviously absolutely exhausted. You know, um, <laughs> having played in the World Cup yeah. and you know, uh, sort of travelled and everything else that, that went with it. And um, I remember actually, because John Duncan, myself and uh, Neil McNabb were actually uh, staying in the same room. And obviously they were midfield players to a degree. I mean, Ricky was, was arguably a, a, a more of a, a striker, if you like, uh, that type of player. Um, but um, I remember we did the training session and they just they couldn't raise a gallop. You know, Ozzy was struggling to raise a gallop. And knowing Ozzy now really well, 
Um, we all know why Ozzy didn't raise a gallop because he didn't want to. So, <laughs> but that's that's said in the right way because this guy is, is a fantastic guy and a fantastic player, an unbelievable player. Um, but he had his own way of of, uh, of of dealing with his own body, if you like. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. And and he wasn't ready to. He wasn't ready to be. You know, he'd been flat out for all this period and, and won the World Cup. And hang on a minute, I need a bit of a rest here. And, and yeah. uh, so he wasn't. He wasn't there to prove anything he was there just to get through the training session or just you know just to, to, to loosen down really yeah um so so really and we came in afterwards and Neilman now went well he said i can't see him taking my place he's <laughs> in blah 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 like his, oh, his john duncan who, who i said earlier who's got you know high intelligence went oh, oh hang on a minute neil but you know he's 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 obviously not not put anything into that today yeah. like and and uh he just won the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never take my place. <laughs> oh, uh, but when Aussie, but when Aussie really started, I mean, Aussie, Aussie wasn't a trainer without the ball. Yeah. Uh, but with the ball, he'd run all day, you know. But yeah. didn't didn't like training without the ball. And mm. uh, there's a few stories with Ozzy with with little things which was so comical. And he used to wind people up like in his own way. And uh, a great guy, a great footballer, um, and a lovely, lovely man. You know, uh, um, he came down to Plymouth a few years ago, and I met up with him, Ricky Anstey. They did a Tottenham evening at Plymouth Argyle. Right. And I was invited over and still exactly the same guys you know yeah. they're, they're brilliant people brilliant yes. people you yeah. missed um, that season you actually missed the first few games which obviously we, we started quite badly and then you came back uh for the win against bristol city and then you scored in a really great away win at ellen road um I don't know if yeah. you remember that yeah. one against against leeds yeah i can yeah i can yeah mm. yeah what was yeah, um... i, I uh, got uh, i yeah. said i can remember that goal because uh, I, I i do uh, meet up with one or two friends who are Leeds, Leeds friends and I, I remind them about that goal every yes. so often so that is the one goal I do remember <laughs> you've mentioned uh, you mentioned Aussie there what was it like to be supplied by Glenn Hoddle how, how good was Glenn oh. to play with Glenn Hoddle was the best football player I've ever played with in terms of um, everything really he was a technician in, in every department and people say you know he couldn't tackle he couldn't hit but of course yeah he could you know, um, uh, he had he, he could use both feet. Um, whereas the likes of who can I compare him with? Like Liam Brady at that time. Liam yeah. Brady was a magnificent player, but Liam Brady was 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 more one footed. Yes. Um, again, a brilliant player. Um, but Glenn was the best player I've ever played with in my life. Um, yeah. And the reason I say that is that you know when you were sat in the stand watching the games, you would say outside left. And by the time you've not finished your sentence, the ball was delivered, you know? Mm. So he had a vision, which was, was, was incredible. And he had a, a, a technical ability that was second to none. And, I, love the, uh, I love the expression. Someone said to me, he had feet like hands, you know, that kind of thing. Well, we, we, we described his feet as being like golf clubs. Oh, right, and he yes. selected the right, he selected the right club every time, you yeah. know, and it was, you know, if he had to swerve the ball with his outside of his foot, you know, like you go across. Well, not that I'm a golfer, but yeah. um, the 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 guy was was just incredible. If he needed to play over the top but leave it, uh, to prevent it from going out of play, he would put dig Stop. his toe in and put backspin on it. Yeah, I still amazing. coach that now. You know, Otto yeah. is just incredible player, and and you'd make a run and you'd know that, that there's a good chance you get the ball. You know, yeah. and and. Uh, no, he was, he was just, you know, I think Ozzy said to me one day, if Glenn Hodder was Argentinian, 
they would have built the team around him and he would have had 150 caps. Absolutely. And, yes. and, and, and I think that's how Aussie sort of uh, respected him really as a player. He was, he was magnificent, magnificent he was, player. Absolutely. Now, other stand-up performances that season, I remember, was, uh, again, you scored two away at Chelsea at a 3-1 win. Um, I don't know if you remember that yeah. game. Uh, there was that. And then the other one was obviously um bizarre game where you scored a hat-trick against Altrincham, the FA Cup, which was a replay that was actually played at Main Road. Do, do, do you remember that one as well? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. That was that was quite, uh, quite something, actually, because um, I remember one of my goals on the edge of the box. It was mm. really a wet evening, wasn't it? Really, yes. I think it was pouring down. And... Uh, it came to me and bounced up, and I, 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 I volleyed it, and it went back into the to the to the uh, far corner. Um, yeah, that was a it was a tricky match, you know, and it was it was. Uh, we're, we're very poor. The first paper. game, I remember the first game. Yeah. we was lucky to get yeah. a draw. I remember it. Yeah, we were. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think on that evening we we put that to bed. But I I, I do remember that one goal, and I remember it was it was quite a wet evening at, at Main Road there. Yeah. Yeah. Now the the, the team is sort of still gelling that. But the following season, bizarrely, you, you, you kind of started the season at fullback. What, what on earth happened mm. now? Just, that just wouldn't happen now. So what, what, what happened that you suddenly moved to that position? Well, I mean, in, in training, uh, uh, sometimes I used to move to the back, you know, and, and just play at the back and, and uh, just really to, to experience doing that, you know. And, uh, and I think over a period of time, they recognised that, you know, in an emergency, I probably could play there, you know. Mm. And I remember at the back end of one season, we played West Bromwich Albion, and uh, that was the Cyril Regis, uh, Laurie Cunningham, mm. you know, that, that yes. era. And uh, we played at, uh, at Tottenham. I think we won 1-0. And uh, I played right back against Cunningham and got man of the match. Wow. Um, and I've still got the briefcase here. It, it was like a Ferrari briefcase. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, and I've still got that, and and uh, and I think it stemmed from there. Really, I think they recognised that, you know, in an emergency or whatever, uh, that you know it, it is a position that I could play, um, and and um, I can't remember the reason why I I, I started uh, playing there on a regular basis. Um, I can't really remember that. You know, I know that I I can remember that game vividly because obviously it sticks in my mind with Laurie Cunningham really yeah. more than anything, and yeah. uh, um, and obviously getting awarded Man of the Match against such a really you know a really good West Bromwich Albion team was mm. was something else as well. And playing in a new position, you know, so I do remember that game, but I can't remember many other games. No. Do you think that kind of affected you because you only sort of managed to play nine games that season, and then Chelsea came in for you, and maybe there's a link with you scoring two goals against them at their place the season before. How, how did that come about? I mean, I, I'm assuming, you weren't, I'm assuming yeah. you weren't looking to move on at that stage. What it, what it was, it was a, a period in my, in my playing uh, um, experiences, really, of my playing career where mm. I'd, I'd lost all my confidence for some really? reason. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is, this is something that I've never really opened up to, you know, and, yeah. uh, Whereas at Torquay at a smaller club, and this this is is obviously not happening now, but when I was at Tottenham, you were more or less left to get on with it yourself, and I needed help, right. and I didn't know who to turn to, you know. Whereas at Torquay, I had this uh, Mike Hickman who we went training every day. He, you know, he built up my confidence. He, 
you know, he talked to me on a regular basis and did a nice. lot of a lot of psychological work as well as, as physical work with me and technical work. And I didn't have that at Tottenham, and I and I missed that massively. So there was no like. And, so you said there was like no sort of support system. It was just Keith, Peter no. Shreve, you know, the, the kit was, man. That's uh, yeah. kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I can't remember the name of the other guy, the older guy. Um, was Eddie Bailey still the there? No, it wasn't no. Bailey. No. Um, he was there for a long time. Nice, a really nice guy, but I can't remember his name now. I can see his face, but I can't remember Maybe his name. Maybe Brian Curtin, was it? I can't remember now. Brian Curtin, was it? No, no Curtin was the doctor, wasn't he? Right, yeah. Um, no, it was... No, anyway, um, yeah, it was. it was as if it was... <laughs> it was strange. It was as if it was understaffed, you know, um, in terms of, I mean, you look at today, you know, you've got everything, but uh, I, don't, I don't want to keep referring to today because it was, it was a different period. But, you know, I had this person who, who was, who worked closely with me there and, it, you know, uh, I didn't have that at Tottenham and mm. my game had, had, my game had lost its confidence. Let's put it that way. Mm. And, and uh, I needed someone to, to be able to talk to and turn to, and I found myself left in limbo, and I couldn't perform to the level that that I knew I could perform to, and it was it was down to confidence. And and Tottenham wanted to sign uh, to, to to offer me a, a, a an extension of contract, and I I was too, I was too inexperienced to deal with that situation because if I mm. knew what I knew now, then I probably wouldn't have left. You know, yeah, I probably wouldn't have left because uh, I would have, you know, had that person, I would have had that belief. And, and I would have continued to work really hard to try and get my game back, but, you know. But, but also because uh, the fact that you you could pluck top, you can now play full back. You were still relatively yeah. young, and obviously it was a yeah. team that, well, one season on was was yeah. gelling into yeah. a really really good side. But I suppose in yeah. those days, yeah. was there kind of agents that tried to advise you, or was there none of that then? No, 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 no. That was that was. No, we didn't have agents. I never had an agent. I think that was just before that that started. Yeah. You know, it, it it was a very very um, lonely period in my playing career, which uh, I look back on now and and think, you know, I should have dealt with that. You know, I I I, I, I should have been big enough to deal with that, but I wasn't. You know, so and then as you've just said, you know, uh, Sir Jeff Hurst was the manager at Chelsea. At uh, that time, um, that was probably a pull in in, in some way. You know, it wasn't. Uh, I spoke to my dad, and my dad said, "Well, you know, it, are you sure you're making the right move? You know, I'll, you know, it's your decision." Yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you, I probably took the easiest way out. You know, mm. um, which which in hindsight, um, you know, I had a fantastic period at, at Chelsea. Well, you you know, we had our ups yeah. and downs there. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I really, you know, I really, really enjoyed my time at Chelsea, but. Mm. Having said that, if it happened today, I think I'd face I face the problem. You know, yeah. I deal with it differently, yeah. and uh, you know, less. You know, Tottenham's a you know, and not just because you're on the phone, but Tottenham's a fantastic football club. Mm. You know, and the period there where it was regrowing, if you like, yes. and I could have been part of that. You know, your Archibalds and your Crooks yes. and all them came in afterwards, and and who knows? I, mean, I might have been. I might have been competing with them I might have been playing in a different position mm. who knows we'll never know yeah <clears throat> but um, but I think there must I'm have been it's, it's an interesting point you raised because I'm assuming in those eras sort of late 70s there must have been loads of players like you that age who mm. were told to leave told to re-sign here all those things need need you know the proverbial arm around the shoulder 
motivation, yeah. encouragement. Yeah. So I, I don't think you were unique there. I just think it just wasn't in the game. No. No, it wasn't. And, and it's sad, really, because I've seen some fantastic football players, mm. uh, better players than me, uh, not make a career out of it. And to me, that's sad. You know, yes. and I think... You know, we can we can look at the academies now, and we can we can pick and you know we can pick them to pieces if we want to. You know, we're not you know we're not creating leaders anymore and all this and that. But ultimately, I think the academies are giving the players a far better chance than what we yes. had. You know, they're you know they're actually um, dealing with with mental mental problems yes. Uh, yes. like I had really. Uh, yeah. They're dealing with those. They're I think mentally they're probably producing stronger players in some respect, albeit there's, there's this leadership which is missing in, in, in certain areas, you know, mm. um, maybe because, you know, things are done for them, you know, on a plate really, maybe too much is done for them, but that's the way the game is, you know, we're, we are producing some fantastic players. I mean, the, the, the future of England is looking pretty good at the moment, you know, um, yes. dare I say, but it is, yes. you know, we've got some really good young players and, and, uh, you know that that's come from the academy setups, which, as I know, sometimes take about ten years to start producing properly. You know, mm. and I think that's what's happened with England. You know, it's taken that long for us to start producing these great players. You know, your Rashfords and and and, and many more. You know, mm. um, will bring England back to where we should be, in my opinion. Well, I hope you're right. I mean, you, you mentioned there, Chelsea. Then obviously went on uh, really successful management as well. So when you look back, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I can't believe it's actually this is forty almost forty years ago. When you look back, yeah. forty years back, what, what what does you know Tottenham kind of mean to you now? Tottenham is 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 uh, a club that's still very very close to me. Um, I'm still connected with Chelsea. Um, I run a, a development school down here uh, for the Chelsea Foundation on a Thursday evening, this evening actually. Uh, we've got about, six, about 80 players in that school. Um, it's, a, it's an elite school really. We call it the uh, Chelsea Foundation Advanced Centre. Mm-hmm. So I'm still involved in football with them in that respect. Um, but Tottenham is, is a club that has never left me. You know, it, it's something that you know, people say to me, oh, you know, is it Tottenham or is it Chelsea? And, and I have to say that, you know, because I was at Chelsea longer and everything else, yes. that, and, and, I, and I do some work for them, that Chelsea is close to me and, mm. and, and, and probably closer than Tottenham. But Tottenham are always there. The, the experience they gave me, the, the, the players I met, the, the size of the club, the chairman and his wife at that stage were, were brilliant. You know, I mean, I, I can remember we went on a on a more or less around the world tour with Tottenham at the end of one season. Might have been my first season or second season, I'm sure now. We played in the Japan Cup, the first ever Japan Cup. And we actually, believe it or not, we ended up playing Dundee United in the final of the Japan <laughs> Cup. <laughs> yeah, let's go all that way to play Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, we ended up winning the Japan Cup. Um, we It was the first time that I experienced like boot sponsorship because Aztec who were there then wanted to sponsor my boots. And I think I had the right name for the Japan cup as well, you know? So, uh, Lee was quite popular out there. And, and, uh, my wife, what they did is they, they flew the wives and children and all that out to, um, Bermuda. And we flew halfway around the world from Japan to Bermuda to meet them there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sydney, well, and his wife, fell in love with my daughter who was a young baby then and uh, she had first class all the way over and my <laughs> wife was quite relaxed out of the back you know nice. so, you know you don't get that yeah, anymore you know absolutely. and uh, you know I, I I just think Tottenham 
and what's happening there now is something that that everyone deserves you know it's it's a huge club it's mm. a club that is highly respected within football and um you know that that short period of time i was there um i did everything i could and and uh i i'm just pleased that the goal difference I think it was that got us promotion. Yeah. I had something to do with that, absolutely. to be quite honest. Yeah, absolutely. Colin, thank you so much. That was absolutely fascinating and just wonderful to hear, hear your memories 40 years on. I, I'm feeling old myself now. Thank you so, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It's uh, been, no been problem, Mike. It's joy. been a pleasure. And if you, if you want to give me a call any time, please do. Thank I you very do. much. Lovely. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Colin. To get more Spurs Show every day, give our Patreon a try at patreon.com slash Spurs Show. If you don't like daily Spurs Show news and interviews, cancel immediately and we'll refund your $1.99. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.